And I will say on stage that I'm sorry, Rachel, that I didn't say hello to you. I have been very out of it because we woke up at 6.30. So you must forgive me because I was a snobbers and I do realize that. And I didn't mean to be a snobbers. I blame her. It's all good. So, yeah, okay. Yes, you can get a hug it's later. Okay. It's okay. Rachel snubbed me in the parking lot. So she what? She snubbed what? me. Sn uh, like knife? Like I was like, hey, Rachel, you going home? Oh, and she snubbed you. Keeps oh, walking good. Along. See, they're good. So everybody oh. is snubbing everybody, then oh. I feel a lot better. It's oh. all good. <laughs> That's okay. I was too shy to yell louder. I was like, hey, yes. Rachel. Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. Today we are super excited yes. because we are at the Escape Summit in Peterborough, where we are, where it's an escape room conference all about escape rooms, obviously. My name is Errol. I'm Manda. I'm Ruby. And I'm Sleepy. Yes. <laughs> that's that's Now, the Mike. great thing is, you don't have to pay attention. We are used to people not paying attention. So yeah. if anybody wants to get up, go to the bathroom, grab a drink, we do anything you want. We won't shame you. We will not shame you. Actually, I might. I probably uh, will yeah, shame you. I was about you. to say. <laughs> but <laughs> it's okay. It, it is fine. But if we are too loud for you because you want to talk, then there are probably tables outside. <laughs> I'm, well, there I'm are, not, the, I'm not there are these quiet. things called doors where yeah, you can... If anybody knows anything about me, I'm not a quiet person, so it's not no. like... <laughs> yes, pay close attention for the puzzle aspect so of this. We are really excited because we are here. And people have been asking what our theme today is going to be about. Mm, yes. And, and, it's, and we're probably going to talk about um, a smattering of subjects, but one of the things we wanted to talk about is with Mike... Mike brought this oh, up, right? and we're going to talk about that, and then maybe we'll talk, they'll talk a little bit about traveling, but Mike. Oh, are we? Well, you know. If we, I think it we, depends on time. It depends on time. Yeah. yeah, yeah we don't want to be here for an hour. There we go. Yes. I think Only people might want to actually socialize Oh, maybe people might want to ask us questions. This is a great way, since we have a captive audience, we could yeah. like ask people questions. Well, I've already told people that they can ask questions, so I guess it's <laughs> yeah, a good thing that you brought it up. Okay, so <laughs> so I think the thing we have to remember when people ask us questions We're going to is to repeat, repeat the question. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so you don't yes. have those creepy it was, voiceovers. It was interesting. Somebody is doing an escape room documentary. Oh, and it was decided without me. Uh, oh, right. Paying attention that oh. I would be the spokesperson. So all of a sudden they said, okay, Errol, go. And we're going, what? What are we talking about? We all voted you to talk. And I'm a horrible person to talk to because I forget everything that I'm told to do properly. Like, so when I ask you a question, could you somehow reform that question in your answer? <laughs> okay. No, it never happened once. <laughs> so I was, it was awful. So I'm going to try really hard. If anybody has questions out there, I'll try hard to listen to them to remind me to repeat the question. I'll repeat the question. Okay, you repeat. That's your job today, Ruby. She can, she can say other things, too. You know what was horrible? <laughs> I had a session this morning, and then I said something, and I told people not to repeat it. And they but, did. And they repeated it. I know, as soon as we got on campus. Oh, so if you know, let us know. If I you know what we're talking about. I put faith in you. I don't. Oh, apparently Errol talked about us when we weren't here. Oh, Just what'd about he say? Ruby. What'd she say? Oh, he talked yeah. about me. I Basically, guess. they were like, I heard a lot about you, Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> the 
was like, what? Anyway, so what is the first topic we want to talk about, Mike? So, well, I mean, the question came up, what are we going to talk about at the summit? And, well, I was talking to these guys about this story about this escape room owner. I got to know, um, basically, well, you'll probably know them if you do know them. Just don't <laughs> say their names. Um, so it's these two brothers, they start an escape room after. One of the brothers had started an escape room project during, it was like a summer school project. He got some funding, did it over the summer. We played their rooms and then we're like, you know, you did a pretty good job. Yeah. You should probably consider doing this, do it for real. And the following year, they opened their facility and they opened it up with the two brothers and their parents. It was a big family business and they did it for the second room and the dad came up to me and said, oh, you thought it was really good. Do you think it's good enough? And it was the first time I was standing there, I was like, what do you mean? I mean, I've never That's been asked enough. that question, right? <laughs> I mean, if you ask us, it's like, you know, you can make it bigger and better, <laughs> more tech, more everything, right? More immersion. But, yeah. <laughs> more, more, just more. We're, we're Disney princesses of escape rooms. We just say? want immersion. 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 Are you hungry? No, I'm not hungry. Okay. I'm tired. <laughs> so. But it's a good question. When is. is an escape room good enough? Like, when do you stop trying new things, or when do you? When do you? When are you satisfied? Are you satisfied, either creatively or as a business owner? Are your profits just fine? Are you getting customers? Um, someone's shaking, Fred's already shaking his head in the audience, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> there can always be more. <laughs> and what is the definition, right? And does that apply to everyone, every group, every facility? Like, how does that differ from location to location? I think, uh, just putting on my business hat, because I'm a business owner too, I mean, it all comes down to like business goals, right? What do you want to do? Are you there at the end of the day just to make money or are you there to be an influencer? So I guess that kind of leverages how much risk you're going to be taking in this process. I think in the marketing world, in any kind of creative business, one of the things you have to focus on, and we were talking about that, is like, who is your audience? What is your demographic? And how are you going to appeal to them? Mm-hmm. And this is, that also uh, plays, a, plays a role in here, right? Does everybody try to get the top escape room amongst all the enthusiasts? No. In fact, we, are, we even discuss amongst ourselves how damaging that actually might be towards mm-hmm. an escape room that has an awful lot of hype. Because mm-hmm. that, that can be dangerous if you are the escape room that's top in your city, the amount of hype that's going to give you, and if you don't meet up to that expectation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the same time, you know, if we don't develop this industry, like, experimentation is important, especially, you know, there's a reason, one of the reasons the adventure game, the computer game adventure game, started to tank... You mean like from on the Atari Adventure? 2600 Atari? No, old nerd. No. No, no, I I mean, yeah. I mean like your classic adventure game, if you've ever played them in the 90s, there was a golden age of adventure games and eventually like just disappeared. And they, they, and one of the reasons, there were many, but one of them was that the industry stagnated. They were no longer innovating. They were no longer trying new things. Video games were moving on, but adventure games were not. And that's something when when we're creating these escape games, the industry is going to move forward, 
And so the risk of not trying new things out is that you end up becoming behind the curve eventually. Um, and eventually, hopefully, the industry will mature. A lot of people will have played escape rooms and they're going to be looking for new things. And I think raising the tide across the industry is a very important thing. I know sometimes it feels like you have to be competitive in order to, to gain more business. But if you think about it, your locale is probably your greatest like business area, your target market. And if, you, if you're just trying to cater to enthusiasts like us, or if you're trying to make the best tech out there, you might not be catering to your audience. You're trying to get the word out there, but they're not going to come play necessarily, or they might not be able to, be able to actually reach your place to play. So raising the tide by researching and talking to each other to talk about what works and what doesn't helps everyone. What Ruby said. <laughs> Is that Mike's word on it? <laughs> I'm just looking at the levels, and it just seems like I'm the loudest one again. You're are always you surprised? The <laughs> you are you are always the quietest when. Well, I'm no, right now I'm the loudest one. Because then you start talking like this. No, no, no. I'm nice and loud, so I think I think Ruby needs to be loud, as we're doing testing during the podcast. It's all good. Ooh. I don't really want my voice to travel throughout the parking lot. <laughs> no, no, they turned that off. It's not we there anymore. We turned it off. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> But, so you guys, like, I don't know, um, I'm talking to podcast mates and that, ah, okay. like, when it comes to, you know, how people, like, do you see much, sorry, it's been a long day, I've talked a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, and this is live, normally we edit these things out. <laughs> yeah, we actually talk about parts we need to cut out usually during the podcast. Yeah, I'll be like, Manda, edit this out, and then, like, later be like, oh yeah, it's a good thing I said that. <laughs> But as far as, you know, at the same time, experimentation in this industry can be risky. Right. Because at the end of the day, you guys are businesses, mm -hmm. right? And experimenting with new things is not a guarantee of it making money. And trying It costs out, money, if anything. It costs money, yeah. and it might not be a great return on investment. So, you know, it's, it's great when I hear about things like, you know, escape room design classes and that kind of thing, because that creates a safe space, a safe, cheap space for people to create without risking their entire livelihoods, you know, to see if an idea worked. Whereas if you're in a business, it's like, oh, crap, I just put in $50,000 into this room and it's nobody's coming the way to I want. it. Yeah. yeah, it's not working the way I want. So I can understand the other side of it as well. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if we should like ask that question and yeah. the owner's answer. Like, are yeah. you good enough for your market? I don't know if they would answer that question. That'd be interesting. Who you know? here thinks they're good enough for their market? <laughs> well, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <laughs> the other thing that I, I always want to ask people is how they're engaging with the local community mm -hmm. apart from their escape rooms, right? You know, there's always local events going on and it's always kind of comforting to hear how different owners and different designers are getting involved in these local events. For sure. It's, it's a way to advertise with them, but it's also a way to find out about their audience, see what they react to, see what they engage with. And, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a few communities, like Escape My Room in New Orleans was right. doing a lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, I know that Escape Maze here in Peterborough Does gets a involved in a lot of local events. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great way to, to get to know your audience 
Yeah, and it's also a great way if you're partnering up with different uh, venues or different companies within the city or the municipality that you're in to test out events or to create city-wide events. That, that kind of gives you an idea. And if you do surveys to get feedback, it helps you to understand those players and their mindsets and what they like and what they don't like at a fraction of the cost. So like Manda said, um, for Escape My Room in New Orleans, what was interesting, I thought, was they partnered up with the zoo, um, the local zoo, <laughs> and, the aquarium. And, and an aquarium <laughs> to do separate things. Like, I'm in Toronto, we have a Toronto Zoo. I've never seen them do anything else, so it's kind of like, okay. You mean the animals at the zoo? God, it's because they're in prison. The yeah, but I feel bad for the animals at the zoo. To be honest, I don't like zoos, but that's a whole separate issue. This is the Peta podcast. No, now. it's the wrong podcast for that. But yeah, like even in Toronto, they try to have citywide events, but I don't think they partner with other things. Yeah, so. It's, it's a full investment on your own when you're doing it alone to try to test something new and to try, to try it out. But if you are able to do, like for instance, what, 125th birthday of Canada? That, oh, yeah. that would have been a great thing to test out. The city, um, a lot of the different cities were offering grants and things to, to kind of promote the area, promote Canada as a whole. So you should look for opportunities like that. And there are tons of opportunities like that. And it's a shame that, like, because you have the other, the flip side of it, where you might have a local event where someone's like, well, what do we do? And then the random person who's never done design in their life will say, well, we should create an escape room because those are fun. Because I've and done one. Because I've done one and we can do it. And they make their own escape room, but they don't engage with any of the owners in the mm. community to say maybe, like, maybe we should partner together. So there's, there yeah. are opportunities like that. The more you get involved in your community, the more those kinds opportunities of opportunities will up. open up. Yeah. Because you can say, oh, I know this owner. Maybe he's willing to work with us. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is the quietest, quietest I've ever Errol. seen Errol. I know. I think he's really tired. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts, Errol? What, I, what was our question? Uh, I, I can't... I, everything you're there, saying... There's a lot of great. questions on there. Look at all the questions. Yeah, we wrote, we wrote show notes. Wow. We're a real podcast now. Do you need to keep improving if your business is fine? Dude, so are you just asking a question? No, I'm reading the show notes. Where are well, we in that, these show notes? That's actually something you brought up to me. I did? Yeah. Oh, look at me Because you go. were like, if the business is fine... If if you if you're actually if you get customers in out if they're coming regularly if you're turning a regular profit is there actually any need to change if you've built really great escape rooms mm -hmm. do you feel if there like is there anywhere else to go from there and do you need to go from there? Man pants. I don't of... make escape rooms. Why are you looking I don't know. at me? We do make events, but I do, we do I make do, events. Do. But <laughs> you, you, you had thoughts on this two days ago. I did. Yes. Oh. This is what happens. This is and what And these happens. are the outtakes. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> well, you're. When you're, did we talk about this? It was. It was um, during a dinner or something like that. Did no, I... you were on the phone, I think, with me, because you're like, Mike had a great question, and I was like, cool, and... <laughs> Good job, Mike. Yeah. Good job. Okay, this is, this is, all right, Rails, but your, your opinion was actually that, no, owners don't need to change necessarily. Well, they don't need to change right away. Right away. So one of, one of the notes I just realized that I have here is that it's not always if you should change, but when you should change. 
right? Things might be going great for a while, but eventually that market is going to change. Eventually your customer base will have played all of your rooms and you'll need something new to offer them. And sometimes that comes in the form of large scale events or, or a board game cafe. Sometimes it comes in flipping your rooms. Mm. And what have you learned from your previous rooms? So one of my greatest joys especially with our last NOLA trip, is seeing the evolution of an escape room. Um, we did, we did uh, Escape My Room, 13th Gate, and it was really clear what was their first room and what was their last cur- room. most current oh, room. Current yeah. room. Yeah. Yeah. And the first room, it, like, they, they weren't bad, but you could tell that they had learned things along the way in their designs and they incorporated it into future designs. Mm-hmm. They, like you can see the growth... And not only the way that they use technology, but the way they use the space, the way they even use a hint system, per se. Oh, God, the hint system. (laughs) We have thoughts on the hint systems. I think that was a whole other discussion, though. That was a whole other discussion. Please don't use QR codes, please. (laughs) But yeah, like, the growth that they had in both facilities, and you can see that they actually learn the things that they've changed to, for the players, from the player's perspective, the games make more sense. The immersion made more sense. It wasn't that their initial games or earlier games weren't great. They were still very fun games. Yeah, yeah. It's just there were aspects that we didn't like or that we didn't enjoy as much as their later games. And think, it had nothing to do with better tech. I think designers eventually kind of get embarrassed of their first game and they yeah. want to get rid yeah. of it. Yeah. But if it's still making money, then they think, well, why get rid of it now since that, people still want to do it? That's yeah. when they sell their designs. <laughs> how many, raise of hands, how many people are glad or like are, not, are kind of embarrassed by their first room? Anyone? Don't be shy. Okay. Yay, a lot of hands up. Awesome. (laughs) If you're not, I can't wait to play it. Awesome. (laughs) But, you know, it's... Yeah. It's evolution, right? It's evolution. And that's why, like, I'm I'm kind of of the opinion now when we do a room, like, we try and do the whole facility to see how that is. Because if we do one bad room in, in a facility, that might just be their first room. We don't know. Unless. Unless it's all bad. In which case, <laughs> in which case they close. In which case they close soon, or maybe they don't. Quick follow-up question to that: Do you think owners should label their rooms from oldest to newest? <laughs> no. Rooms aren't built for enthusiasts. Yeah, that's you true. Know? Yeah, remember, don't build rooms for us. If you did, then you can label them newest, oldest to newest. But make yeah. sure the puzzles are fair, because else I'll be very upset. It's true. It's true. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. If it's a bad game, then I will call you out because then I will not really enjoy a bad game. With fire and brimstone. Yeah, I'm it's a uncomfortable person. when you're. You almost brought it out yesterday. I know. Pardon? What? You almost brought it out yesterday. What did I bring out yesterday? Oh, We're sort of oh, lecturing. It was just one puzzle. It was just one puzzle. I just thought I would. I correct it. That's all. Okay. But it was a conversation that lasted quite a while. <laughs> no, it only went for 15 minutes. That's good for me. For one puzzle. That's because we had to pick up David from the from the other escape room. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So there was a time limit on. Oh, I have to go. We have to pick up somebody. That's the only reason the conversation ended. <laughs> but sometimes I try my best not to say something. If you know, sometimes I have done you that. try your best. I do, and, and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, there there was one time you're just like, okay, we gotta go. Bye. It's like, how is the room? Oh yeah, you just gotta go on that. It was if it's if it's very, 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 very bad, Errol will try and leave right away. 
Maybe. Maybe. No, you're making me sound like I'm a horrible person. You just said no. We're all talking to owners right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, I I mean, I do agree, though, that I do understand that it's not me that you need to impress. I know every time I talk to Nick and Ray, and Nick especially keeps trying to find a puzzle that I haven't seen before. And He's not the only one. I think a lot of them do that and they ask us before we play it's like have you seen this before have you played that before it's like and, and, we, and, and the answer is yes we have seen it before yeah. but that doesn't mean it's a it's, that doesn't, doesn't mean, mean your game is bad because yeah. I don't go there expecting to see something mind-blowing I actually go there to experience a fun game with my friends mm-hmm. and so I actually have on my website and it's hidden but I actually do rate rooms <laughs> What, what are you guys laughing about? <laughs> you know, it's just like, I have a hidden, I have a hidden rating but, thing. But I, I, it's like going to the bathroom and rating people in the door or something. What? I put all my ratings okay. on the bathroom stall in your room. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I distinguish between what I think enthusiasts would like because it's different, but also how much fun I have in your room because I have those two ratings because... How I experience a room, depending on the people that I'm with and just how much fun I'm just willing to have in your room, is, is completely independent on whether or not I think an enthusiast like David Spira should go to that room. Because it can still be a great room that 90% of the people, especially if they are new, will have a blast at. But then I also know, it's like, okay, this is something you have seen probably in these 30 cities and it's not going to be any different if it's another prison escape, right? Maybe David's tired of prison escapes. I actually don't know what David... He's not here. He left. Look at that. <laughs> so now we only have owners here. Great. Well, I think, I think it's not about whether or not someone has seen a puzzle or particular type of technique or particular um, tech. It's more so, are you clever in implementing it? Does it work for the game? Does it make sense? How, how is it used? How is it implemented? That can make it special, right? Like, yeah, yeah how well do you implement it? Exactly. Right? So it doesn't matter if we've seen a particular type of puzzle a hundred times, but if you use it well and it works with the flow, it works with the immersion, it works with the story, then that's what's going to create a good experience and everyone will enjoy it. But if you use like something a, like... a laser maze in Egypt? Or like a Sudoku puzzle... Sorry, no, I don't like, like Sudoku. It's it's always the examples used. The laser yeah. pieces in like, Egypt. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Side note, in, in Houston, well, kind of related um, to, like, again, who your audience is. We went with a newbie in Houston. You know, oh, yeah. And you'll oh, hear yeah. him in the interviews. And... Uh, Right. And it was it was great actually. It's been so long since I played with someone who'd never played an escape room. Like mm-hmm. the first time the GM gave the the description of the room while we were inside the room and then he's like, Okay, have fun, like and, and left and and oh, Eugene was just right. sort of like, Oh my god, is it starting? Oh my god. Like, he just <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? And uh but afterwards we were talking with the owner and they had asked us before. Oh, no, like, just the GM. Sorry, the yeah. GM, sorry. <laughs> Long day. Uh, they, and they had asked us beforehand, like, oh, have you played escape rooms before? And we had answered yes. And he asked us, oh, did you win it? And we're like, what? And he's like, the other escape room you played? And we're like, yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> and then after the room, though, he was sitting there, like, and he was like, he's, did you enjoy the room? We're like, oh, yeah, it was fun. And he was like, we should come and do our other experiences. You know, we have a prison room, and you start 
in different rooms, like separated your from group your team. Is, yes, split and, up. Uh, but Eugene's standing next to us, and he's like, whoa! <laughs> like, like, and it's always going to be new to somebody, so he was just absolutely thrilled to this idea yeah. of a split room. And meanwhile, yeah. we were like, cool. Okay. Let's, <laughs> yeah. That's neat. I miss being a newbie. Yeah. I miss being a newbie. Then every room would be great? Yeah. <laughs> if I could mind wipe myself, I totally would. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but yeah, like it's like yeah. he's he's a Houston native. He's the one that is going to be their, all the games. Their, their player base. It's yeah. going to be their customer base. And mm-hmm. so absolutely, you know, having a prison room, like having those rooms is going to be fine for them because yeah. nobody's ever experienced it before. And his excitement, like like that happiness on his face to hear wow there's this really cool experience that I can play with my family or like my workmates and it we start off in split rooms wow I was like literally yeah. 10 minutes after that he emailed or he his texted workplace. his work people and they already set up something to do like for the week after yeah. like a corporate outing yeah. So it's amazing. Like the, he he shares the experience right away to get the rest of the people excited to come and play this escape place that we didn't find very well. No, it was fine. No, like yeah, nothing was yeah. wrong with the game. Yeah. Yeah. But like the thing that they described to us was like, okay, we didn't okay. find it like cool, mind blowing. Split room. Yeah. yeah. So we're not. We don't try to gatekeep people's fun when it comes to escape rooms. No, it's no, of like, course not. But it is important that we have met people who've done escape rooms and have hated it because they've done really bad escape rooms, and that's what we want to keep people from doing, because. Because then that's just bad for the industry, especially if you have somebody that said, oh, yeah, I did an escape room. I don't see what the big deal is. And then they tell us which escape room they did, and I'm not going to say. And then I was like, well, that's why. No, 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 we want you to try this one. And we will name probably one of the other 40 that are great mm-hmm. because they, we know that they'll have a good time. And so, again... It's not like we don't want to improve the industry because I will, I will go to town on puzzle design and, and game design, but I, I do understand that there are some games out there that aren't very good, and we want, we want to make sure that people don't go to those. For sure. And so yeah. we do, do podcasts like this and put out articles because right now it is true. I'm hoping that it's true. We do see the industry slowly getting better when it mm-hmm. comes to game design. We yes. don't see yes. as many... Uh, full pause as there once was. Yeah, that's true. The majority of the rooms we're coming out of now, we're like, no, no. That's works. Even if our minds weren't blown, we we at least enjoyed ourselves in some aspect in there. Uh, Back, you know, back in the day, three, four years ago, when all those rooms were opening in Toronto, yeah, there was a lot of garbage out there. (laughs) We're such divas. No, there there were really bad rooms. Divas. Divas. It's not false advertising. We are divas. Well, I remember playing a room. I think that's what sparked the 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 review site. Yeah. I had to hack. I think every lock in the room because nothing was solvable. And that's why she's so good at it now. This is great. When we do that, when we did that mall escape. Oh my god, it was horrible. <laughs> if anybody knows about the mall escape, that. That. Not the one in Peterborough. That no, was no, great. No, no, not yours. Sorry. Oh, my God. Did you guys go to it already? Wow. Oh, my God. No, we like the one in Peterborough. No, I keep forgetting. Everybody knows. If David was here, he'd tell me the name of the company because everybody knows how I, bad that one I is. I know it. I don't know. Are you talking about the one in Buffalo? It was in Buffalo. In, yeah. Buffalo, yeah. 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 He, they're probably here. 
Oh, no, they're man. not. Oh, good. Anyway, <laughs> but it was great because Ruby hacked all the four-digit locks. It was amazing. I didn't know you could do that, but it was wonderful because that's how that was the only way we could solve the room. Because it was getting frustrating. It was super frustrating. I don't usually hack it unless we're frustrated. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, no, we actually do not. We actually try to do the room properly. We mm -hmm. don't really brute force anything, especially if it's well designed. We definitely won't because yes. we want to have as much fun as possible in the room. If it happens accidentally, we will relock it. Or, or just like. Sometimes yeah, Mike gets impatient and he just unlocks it and then just waits for us to tell him what the answer is. <laughs> and then he goes up and he's like, I'm done. And it's like, oh, okay. 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 Cool. You're so quick, Mike. Yeah. All right, so we're about half. Do we want to ask questions? Yeah, at yeah. this point, any, any questions or comments about what we've spoken about so far? We could talk about traveling, too. Look at too. all these show notes. Because that kind of dovetails yeah, into that. learning more about the industry and whatnot. Or any, comments. Or comments. If you have... Oh, I see someone's itching. Yeah. <laughs> so the question was, how do you hack a lock? Oh no, Ruby! And he also asked, four. "How many digits left do we need to hack?" <laughs> I can hack four-digit locks without any of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can hack three-digit locks with three digits. It's all good. Ruby would drop the mic if a lot. A lot so of the locks, especially if it's slightly worn, what happens is if you're if you're sensitive to the mechanism itself. <laughs> And you're holding it so like the round parts on top, if you're holding it down a little bit so there's a tiny bit of tension and you start from the bottom number because that's the first one that unlocks that first hinge, you'll feel a very slight click. So once that one clicks, you go to the next one and the next one. Admittedly, I bought a lock picking set. Oh no, I uh, bought you that lock picking set. Right. Ruby bought it. <laughs> These are horrible enthusiasts. <laughs> We've never yeah, brought this set to an escape room. David yeah. does lockpicking, too. Yeah. He does. Yeah. So it's he not does. just yeah. us. <laughs> well, we don't, in a room, honestly, we don't lockpick yeah. or do any of those things in a room. Yeah, unless, we try not to. Unless we, yeah. Yes. Unless we get angry. And then, anyway. Mike has hacked computers in escape in rooms. In escape rooms. Like, you went to the bypass well, password. Yeah. <laughs> the password's one, two, three, four. I don't know. I don't think that one was one, two, Wait, what? What, what do you mean by computers? Ones that are running like the mag locks or what are you talking no, about? No, no, no. Like there was a computer Like in, a laptop. A laptop oh, in the Windows game XP and you have to like something. solve it to get the password and it wasn't solvable. Horrible I don't people. think you were with us in the world. No. And you said like you, you actually logged in as the admin instead. Yeah. And yeah. then we looked at all the puzzles and it still didn't make sense. So we're like, we don't know how to solve this and we had to call the, the GM in to tell us what the hint was. And we still didn't understand it. Yeah. Yes. So that was, that was poorly designed. That's a, that's a good puzzle design tip. If after being given the answer, they don't understand it, then it's a bad puzzle. So yeah. I didn't say that in my talk, but I should have. It's all good. Okay. So moving on. Um, one of the ways to learn more about the industry, because what is there more to learn? Like, how do you know what else is out there? And one of those things is traveling. The escape conference. Escape conference is one. <laughs> Go play rooms. Better answer than what I had, but yeah. also going to play rooms in areas that aren't your own. Mm -hmm. Just to see what else is out there. Not necessarily that you have to use what's out there, but to see what else is going on in the world. Or how people implement their games. 
And we're not saying like to go spy on people. You can be friendly and say, it's "Hey, spying. I own, I own this facility, and you know, we're just here to play games." It's and spying. It's not spying. <laughs> Do you listen to other podcasts and consider it spying? No, no, I'm a horrible listener. If you couldn't tell, so I'm not good at that. I, I'm, I'm the podcast spy. So. Yeah, so we actually asked her for how to make our podcast better because she's very familiar with the industry of podcasts. I'm not. I just listen to lots of podcasts. Yeah, it's just see, not important. reinventing the wheel, right? That's like, how we started introducing ourselves, because Amanda would tell us, you, this is what podcast people do. They introduce <laughs> themselves at the beginning. Because oh. nobody knows who you are and who's talking. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Took, took us a while to get there. We learned so much. Anyway, <laughs> also keeping on topic. It's a fun time. Um, but so we recently did uh, a trip to New Orleans... And Houston, and, and we Houston. did 17 games. Last year, I did a These trip. These people down where it's dead. I'm just at the computer. No, no, you, you did rooms in... in <laughs> not the... New Orleans or Houston. No, you went to we LA. went to like, yeah. LA. Yeah, but not with you guys. And Boston. Yeah, yeah Boston, but not sorry. with you guys. So, but not anyway, yeah, you guys can So talk. you went to all, all those good. fun places without us. Yeah. What? You went to all those... No, no, I, I interrupted you. I didn't mean to interrupt. Anyway. You can go. Uh, and I went to Amsterdam last year for the first time. I'm sure most of you, has anyone, who, who here has traveled to another country to do an escape room? Hands up. Awesome. Yay, that's so pretty much you, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and anyone just within the country? That's... I mean, Canada, or are you including oh, the U.S. Yeah. for that? Or North America? Yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, so most of you have, have been away, and one thing we found is, we, we learned some things yeah. on our trip. It was easy for me going to Amsterdam because I was going during a conference. I went to Up the Game last year. And it's great because you just go to a place where there's other players you can join. And finding a group to play an escape room with was not that big of a deal for me. Um, but when you're just a smaller group <laughs> traveling and you're traveling and you're and you're experiencing the public ticketing system for the first time in all of its glory, um, it becomes a bit more of an adventure trying to get the bookings right. And yeah. not even that, I think some of them have minimum player requirements, but it's a public booking system. So how do you know if you can get those players after a couple of days or like by the time you were supposed to play the game yeah. was a huge issue for us at some facilities. Because one thing we learned was that if there wasn't the minimum amount of players, they would cancel the slot. And so, Telling owners that you are traveling ahead of time was really important. Saying like we are coming in from Canada, we are only in this like in this town for one day. This is our chance to play your rooms. Please, 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 please. Let and that's play. <laughs> that's when we ask what the what the player minimum means. Does it mean um, that you just want to make it worth your while? Like you want your return on investment? In that case. We're willing to pay yeah. for the extra slot mm -hmm. in that case. Yeah. Um, or do you physically need four players? And if that's the case, is there a way to get around that? Like, can the GM come in and Help stand us out, in for yeah. the fourth player? Mm -hmm. And for the most part, they were accommodating about that. But it's really important to really communicate with the owners that you're going to go and, and play with. Because we were, we were during non-peak hours, too. That's another thing. Um, the nice thing about Escape My Room in New Orleans is that they, if you tell them you're enthusiasts and you have a smaller group and you play during non-peak hours, they will make your room private. So they don't mind that, and, they're, mm -hmm. and that's a service that they're willing to, uh, to provide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know, what did you guys... 
other things for planning for the trip. Snacks, eating was important. Yes, food was very important because you can't play on an empty stomach, especially when you're not me. I get hangry <laughs> very easily. Actually, I get low sugar. I don't know. Ice cream list is an angry Ruby. Are you yeah. hypoglycemic or something like no, that? No, I just... I you just, just need ice cream. Or sweets. Yeah, or chocolate. Ice cream or chocolate. Yeah. Not candy. I don't really like candy. But yeah. Um, I was actually going to say, of all the venues we went to, I felt that each one had their own uniqueness. Mm. So one had a lot of kind of more of a theater spin to it. It was about immersion. They tried to, no matter if it was the GM or somebody you're talking to on the phone, they they kept a character going. They, they played the whole storyline for you. And Mike tried to break immersion all the time. He'll, he'll keep trolling you until you break. <laughs> but they didn't break. And it, it, yeah, he was the Earl for the trip. But yeah, it was, it was great to see I that I also aspect. took off my shoes. Oh, you did, yes. <laughs> That's just a me thing. <laughs> but I found that very interesting because it was a different experience that we really don't have in Toronto or any of the other cities mm -hmm. we played with. Um, and in terms of, in terms of um, other escapes, there was one that was beautiful in set. Every set we went to, it was just gorgeous. You can see that that's where their, where their strengths were shining, and they really try to make that as different as possible from any other escapes in their area because that's that's how they engage in their players. That's what they try to sell their players on. And from other perspectives, non-enthusiast perspectives, if you have a great set that looks amazing, sometimes new players will forget all about the logic leaps and maybe not as great puzzle flow. Their, their jaws will drop either way. Yeah, right? whether exactly. They, whether they have a good game or a bad game, their mm -hmm. jaws will drop. Yeah, it was really interesting to see traveling the different trends that happen around the different areas, even if it's just, even if it was just outside of another town. Like, we didn't yeah. go that far sometimes, but seeing, seeing the sudden change in themes yeah. even like we, I don't know we got to Houston I felt like we saw a few mines uh, quite, a, quite a few or just a couple mines there was always a mine room there a or type of mine or cave a type of mine or a cave yeah. or they, were, they were into mines and I don't know who started but like clearly the trend picked up mm. um, types of puzzles that are used like that you see more often oh. like in Toronto for a Prisons? while <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, types of puzzles. Types of puzzles. Mm. Oh, you like, forgot that they like their slides. Oh, yeah, they like oh, slides. Oh, they like slides, like Lots. physical slides. The like roundy physical. one that you just lie down that's not very comfortable, and it turns, <laughs> and it hurts your bum. Yeah. <laughs> the tube slides. Yes. Yes, they were big fans of tube slides. Um, and they like water, too. Yeah. There's water in a lot of them. Yeah. The other interesting thing is because we know we know new other owners that had already been to New Orleans, and it's funny to see like how their rooms' designs have changed now that they've gone there. Mm -hmm. So they were clearly affected by what they saw. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see what they bring, what you can bring back to your region that can set you apart from the others in the industry as well. Yeah, after seeing Cutthroat Cavern and speaking to this one owner, he was saying, "Okay, you got to do Cutthroat Cavern." And, you know, within that discussion, he also said, I'm building a ship. Like, I'm building a ship in a room with 3,000 square feet. 
It's like, what? I feel like we're going to see a lot of pirate themes in the next little while. Yeah. Like, because of Cutthroat Cavern and because of its fame. But, yeah. But, I mean, they've been in business for four years. That's true. So, I guess people are now going to play it and they're seeing the grandeur mm-hmm. of, of the sets. Or when I saw... Um, this year, this year's up the game, I, I talked with a couple people who went to Europe for the first time and had very much the same experience I did. It was a completely different feel in the rooms entirely, some stuff that I hadn't, I hadn't yet seen in Canada. And it was exciting, you know? And it wasn't to say that Canadian rooms are any worse or, or better than, mm-hmm. than European rooms, but it was neat to see, like, what they did differently, how they evolved things, what they focused on. So to see a more narrative-focused rooms in Europe, because that was that is kind of the trend there. It, it was really it was really interesting to see. Whereas you know some areas are more tech-focused, some areas are more puzzle-focused, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But mm. um, you know it, it it didn't mean nothing but good to see what else the world had to offer as far as escape rooms went. I really wish I could I knew like Mandarin or Cantonese and could go to China and play the insane rooms there. That I've been you also need about. to read it. You can't just speak it. Uh, <laughs> What's the problem? I'll have a translator there. They can just tell me what's going on. I'm, I'm sure I'll pick it up. I'm There's sure also safety up. issues in China, I think. Um, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other thing. They have like wild rooms over there, like three-hour rooms with... Like ten actors. Yeah, and, they do. But only a group of ten players yeah it's it's not so like the amount of effort and resources that are going to a single group is i I don't know what kind of money they have there but it seems insane i don't think they have minimum wage (laughs) (laughs) we'll cut that out in the real podcast (laughs) i'm surprised we're not in more trouble than we that we usually get yeah seriously Anyway, sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about traveling. Oh, yeah. cool. So, Errol, you've been to a few escapes. The other things that you can get to know when you travel is the communities in other areas. How are they faring? How are, you know, how are other owners talking with each other? What's the enthusiast community like there? Um, I know that when, when you went to L.A., you got to hang out with a lot of the community there, and you had a great grand time. I had a grand time. And one thing in the South, like, it was neat to see the other owners talk about each other. You can tell that the community was healthy, right? That they were very collaborative. They had lunch together every week, you know, just to, you know, talk shop or bounce ideas off each other. And and that's nice. And you go into other communities and not necessarily hostile, but they definitely don't talk to each other. There's a wall there, right? So it's neat to see what the health of each community is like as well. Yes. Do you have any questions from the audience? Any questions or comments, uh, things that you might have noticed as well in your travels? From the people in the audience. We're good. Oh, Oh, look, Eric does. Eric does. So the comment... Oh, sorry. Yeah, so the comment was about... um, So Eric has gone to Orlando, and apparently there was a lot of actual jigsaw puzzles in the rooms. And... You know, they are what they are, but that kind of brings up another reason why traveling, why playing other rooms is important as an owner. You not only figure out what, what's working, you figure out what doesn't work, and seeing it from a player perspective, feeling that frustration in a room helps you design your rooms because you know what's going to be. And I know it's tough as owners. Frustration. Because 
it's tough as owners because you guys don't have any time. You're too busy like running your own escape rooms and everything to, mm -hmm. to actually try out other escape rooms. But it is important every once in a while to yeah. make that trip, see what's out there, see what's not working, validate that what you're doing is right. That's mm -hmm. kind of nice too. And sometimes it is really hard to step out of your creation, your baby, this thing that you've spent months and months or even a year on and see the perspective that maybe that isn't working, maybe that is what's frustrating your, your players, but if you see someone else do it, it might give you clarity on understanding why or how to change the puzzle or the flow or whatever it is that's causing the frustration level. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Eric, you had a question? I just want to know if you've, in travels, ever seen, like, gone to a city and seen that happen, a pocket where, like, wow, you know, Austin, Texas, they just really like this for some reason. I'm yes. Yes, yeah. we have. We were yeah. asking if we've seen something common in a pocket or a, lo uh, locale. So a locale, and yes, slide. we, see it. Slide, we slide. see it all the time. Water. We actually see it all the time. Yeah, uh, I think Ottawa, you know, it's, it's one of those oh. things where whoever starts the industry there is going to kind of map out, and we've mentioned this before, like, but it's going to kind of determine what the rest of the new owners will do. Because that's the first room a lot of people are going to play, and if it's successful, there's no reason not to copy it. Uh, and so, or they think it's successful. Or they think it's successful. <laughs> and you know, in Ottawa, there's a lot of uh, four-digit locks, lock boxes, still good rooms, like yeah. fun rooms. Yeah. But you see them everywhere there, and and they, they love don't them. experiment with anything they new. Love lock boxes. Yeah. Um, but that's what the first escape room did there, and so it's a very successful chain of escape rooms. So. Yeah, there's, there's no reason why others wouldn't try it. For, or, if they set the time to be 45 minutes, then every other escape room sets the time to be 45 minutes. I know that Scott was also talking about the cultural bias in rooms, which is, again, really interesting. There's certain things that... Um, I mean, I, there was a room I played in the Netherlands where the answer to a question was a name, and it, it, it was supposed to be like you know, three girls' names and two guys' names, and we thought we had the three girls, or the two guys' names, but we're trying to figure it out, and that was because one of the names, which looked very much like a guy's name, is actually a common girl's name in the Netherlands. And, and so, like, none of us knew that because we were North American. The other thing we experienced in Houston was that uh, there's another name for rock, paper, scissors. Oh, right! Yeah. Uh, we didn't know that. Houston, like people in the South call rock, paper, scissors something entirely different. Yes. Luckily, like what? it was like a Rochambeau. Rochambeau. Rochambeau, yeah. It's called Rochambeau, which is. That's a different game? <laughs> it's a different game because we figured it out uh, anyway yeah. without knowing it. <laughs> it's not a different game. <laughs> it's not a different game? Okay. okay. Yeah. Because we, we figured it out. But later, because we were like, we saw the, the words, words on the beside thing. beside it, yeah. The words beside it, but we saw the symbols, which meant rock, rock paper, paper, scissors just, for us. So we're like, maybe it's like, that row means that, and sham means that, and I was like, okay. So but kind then, of learning how there can be cultural bias in a room without it sacrificing the game itself. Like, mm -hmm. we could still solve it without, you know, but still, you still have to know rock, yeah. paper, scissors with that. But, yeah. <laughs> Rochambeau, she told us afterwards, we're like, what is Rochambeau? don't get it. <laughs> how, did, how is that important? Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions from the audience? <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long day. <laughs> Any comments? Yeah. I bet the 
puzzle in Orlando is for the snowbirds. Do <laughs> <laughs> you give Nan something to do? Because Nan's like, oh, I can't solve puzzles. And I feel like, just look, Nan. <laughs> So our comment was that the jigsaw puzzles are for the snowbirds that are traveling with, I guess, the local people that are playing the rooms because maybe they need to fill the numbers, perhaps. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 Again, it's it's what people enjoy. So maybe people in the area really like jigsaws in their rooms. It, you know. Yeah. It gives them a feeling of accomplishment to do in the room. It makes them excited. Then. Yeah. It's something maybe that that's everyone the reason understands. to include them. Yeah. We might not understand that. Who knows. <laughs> I think I know. Wasn't it? Is it here? There's some areas where laser mazes are just sorry, where you crawl through laser mazes, super common. I know there's a lot of those here. There's a it, lot in Toronto, yeah. But not yeah. not in other there areas. There were there were a lot in our area in Markham. Oh, for yes. a while when there were like maybe 20 facilities just in the Markham area, there were like at least half of them had laser a mazes. Green laser maze. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then later on, there are less and less green laser mazes, and you start to see the warnings of, yeah. Don't look this, into it. <laughs> don't look right into it. Don't put, don't be exposed too long to it, all that stuff. And then they close down. <laughs> <laughs> and with all my la the laser mazes we have done, I still haven't gotten any better at them. It's no. just like... Like, try having frizzy hair in a laser maze. It is just, you never, you never get through. And then when it's one that yet, that requires all of you to go in, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't feel like a hero. I feel like a dud. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but that's me. That's my personal bias. I know that laser, laser mazes are a lot of fun for people. I think laser mazes are very successful with newbies. Yes. Yeah, they see them and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm good. You're good? Yes, I am. I'm punch. having a grand old time. Yeah, we are at 7.24. No. Oh. Sorry, this is... <laughs> You're looking at your show notes. It's no, all good. I don't have anything. They don't see any of this stuff when they hear it live. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Yeah? Yes. Yes. So the question was, have we ever played any haunted uh, haunt industry escape rooms for those people in the haunt industry who decided to get into escape rooms? Mm -hmm. We yeah. played a couple, actually. We've done quite a few at this point now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, and, yeah go ahead. And they excel at the set design, of course. Uh, when we played 13th Gate and we met Dwayne, who's the owner of 13th Gate, he said, you know, uh, we... Uh, We've been doing haunts for 20 years or something like that. Like 10. Yeah, and then we played escape rooms and we said, hey, we can do that too. But he admitted that, you know, puzzles weren't exactly their thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, when we did 13th Gate, that's sort of along the lines of what we felt. Like amazing set designs, puzzle game flow. Yeah. Could use some work. But, again, mm -hmm. and we stress this in the podcast where we actually talk about the rooms in more detail... What's interesting is the, the evolution of, yeah. of 13th Gate. I could tell what was their first room, I could tell what was the current room, and I could see the difference and what lessons they had picked up in between. So, yeah, haunt, haunt industry folk are very much interested in set, it seems like, because that's what they do really well. They do yeah. set really well, yeah. and they do covering... Smell up. very well. They do smell oh, very well. Smell. Um, and, they, and they really do... Like, 
covering up of all the wires. The wires. Like you can't tell where the what cogs and pulleys are working behind the scenes. I could not see. I could not tell. I was in a warehouse, which was really impressive. Because yeah. usually yeah. in escape rooms, I can look up, and there's usually rafters of some sort there, right? Yeah. They had everything covered up. They they left not an inch un, untouched. You can't so, follow the wire and be like, okay, we're gonna have to solve that over there because it connects to that door yeah. over there. So we couldn't. And that's yeah. my specialty. <laughs> that's yeah, that's my specialty. Is, is follow he the works tech. backwards from the tech. The interesting so, thing about ha- the haunt industry, and if you talk to David Moore, he's done more haunt industry rooms, mm-hmm. is that they're really good. They're actually better at the fail state of the room than they are at the winning state of the room. Because yeah. when you die in a haunt, you know, there's all sorts of wild and crazy things that are going to happen to you. And so they've pre- prepped you dying in the room, and then, you know, who knows how you're going to die. It might be electricity or gassing or whatever and so you have all these special effects to make sure you die but then when you win it's just you open the door and you're done so that's an interesting thing about the haunt industry is that they put a lot of effort into that and it'd be kind of cool if they did if an escape room would do both where the (laughs) fail and the win state are both amazing yes Mm -hmm. totally agree thank you Okay. I think we're good. Yeah. Are we coming done? Up, we're coming up against time, so. Mm-hmm. And I think people want to mix. I think people want to drink. It's I think a people mixer. Want to oh no, there. people have been eating. Yeah. People have been eating, drinking, having a grand old time. Yes. Someone's been good. Yay! Yay! Anyway, thank you so much, guys. Are you gonna, oh, oh, Fred has something to say. Yeah. So. Fred from Escape Maze is just letting us know that the Escape Summit is going to happen again for 2020, and it will be closer to February timeframe. So keep an eye out for that. Cool. So man pants, did take he, us did out. Did he say the the date? Did you yeah, say February the 10th and 11th? Oh, did you say that? February and I just 10th missed and 11th. Out? Sorry. Sorry. Got it right, Fred. All right. Yeah. Can I take okay. us out? Yes, take us out. Okay. Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. <laughs> you scott nicholson okay <laughs> you can go to inversegenius.com to find other fun podcasts just like this one the poor people who've never heard our podcast don't know about this stupid tradition um, <laughs> uh, you can also email us at roomescapedivas at gmail.com if you go to the facebook page then what <laughs> don't hit me i'm innocent notice you son of a bitch. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is the worst one. This is we had a lot of cockroaches in Houston, and he we just did. scared the crap out of me. They, uh, they kind of clung on to man pants. Go to Facebook. <laughs> we have a Facebook page, Room Escape Divas. Click the like button, and if you are on Twitter, you can use the hashtag #redivas or just Escape Room. Zero will find you if you use the hashtag Escape Room. Really? You look oh, you look yeah, through I do. it. Yeah. I do. You I admitted do. that on anybody po- the podcast. Anybody that's on Twitter, I follow anybody that says escape room. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. All right. Thanks guys. Bye bye.